And hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host. We begin with the battle in Washington over this human infrastructure bill. And what this is, basically, is a huge redistribution of wealth scheme. It takes money from those who earn it, the sectors that earn the money that create the wealth, and it redistributes it to other sectors that don't create the wealth and who consume the wealth. Basically, that's it. So there's a tweet today by Bernie Sanders, and a BS for short, and he tweets the following. Two senators, he's speaking of Kirsten Cinema in Arizona, and uh, <clears throat> the guy in West Virginia, Joe Manchin. Two senators cannot be allowed to defeat what 48 senators and 210 House members want. Well, that's what the democratic process is all about. I'm going off script here. We must stand with the working families of our country. Pardon me. We must combat climate change. We must delay passing the infrastructure bill until we pass a strong reconciliation bill, is what BS wrote. And it's a lot of BS, frankly. First of all, Senator, 48 senators is not a majority. You need to get a majority of senators. You're not going to cram this thing through. That's how democracy works. 52 senators are opposed to this spending monstrosity. That's a majority, comrade. 52 senators oppose it. It's not about crunching numbers. They know the numbers don't add up. They don't care. It's about their agenda. Climate change, nobody cares about climate change. The climate, they don't even refer to it as global warming anymore because the climate is always changing. What does that mean, climate change? I'm not going to, you can see the ridiculousness of their arguments. Climate change is a great way to redistribute wealth and to, to crush industry. That's what they're trying to do here. It's a great way to redistribute wealth at the national level, and it's a great way to do it at, on the global level, which is what all these, the Paris Peace Agreement is, or not the Paris Peace Agreement, the Kyoto Conference, all these uh, UN-sponsored treaties that we enter into, or we have before Trump got elected. Trump put an end to that, but now Biden's put us back into it. It's redistributing wealth from the Western countries, the, the wealth-producing countries, and giving it to countries that don't produce as much wealth. But anyway, 48 senators is not a majority. And it's $3.5 trillion, you know, and, and Democrats are saying it's essentially free. They're trying to sell it as a free bill. But it's not, it's not free. And they're saying $3.5 trillion is not a lot of money. I got news for you. $3.5 trillion is a lot of money. Joe Manchin in West Virginia, he wants a trillion and a half. He says he'll go to a trillion and a half. That's plenty. And I forget how, over how many years this is going to be spread out. It doesn't matter. What they say it's going to be, it'll be a lot less than what it actually will be. Kirsten Cinema uh, out in Arizona, she's against it. Now, I don't know if Joe Manchin is a guy who is doing this for all the right reasons. I mean, he is in a state, West Virginia, that Trump won by 39 points. So I'm not saying that Manchin's doing it because he's that principled. Maybe he is. But he's not stupid. He wants to get reelected. He's in a very it's a mixed state, West Virginia. It's mostly red. And he's no hes no fool. He's been there a while, and he wants to stay there. I want to discuss a little bit about uh, Gavin Newsom out in California. He dodged the recall vote last week. And I want to finish up on that, too, when I get a minute here. But he announced Friday the first-of-its-kind Wuhan flu vaccine mandate for students in kindergarten through the 12th grade. Now, we're, my wife and I have not vaccinated our three younger children. Our oldest child is in SUNY Albany. She had to get vaccinated to attend college. 
and uh, I'm not going to have my children vaccinated. And this is California. What it, usually all this this for lack of a better word, crap, starts in California. It finds its way east. We'll be doing it here in New York State, I bet you this coming legislative session in January. All this stuff starts out in California, all this, this, uh, these social experiments and all this Marxism they try to foist on the country. It starts in California and works eastward. Anyway, kindergarten through 12th grade. So students who are not vaccinated will not be allowed to attend in-person school. Well, well great. That's why the homeschool movement is growing by leaps and bounds, folks. That's the best thing that, that I've heard all day. These, these schools are like prisons anyway, the public schools. Once this mandate takes effect, if, you, if, you know, if you're going to send your kids to a public school, why would you want to do that anyway? Uh, my kids are homeschooled, two of them. I've gone through this before. Uh, so that, they're not going to be allowed to attend in-person classes. And the FDA has so far only fully approved one COVID vaccine, the Pfizer two-shot uh, now marketed as Comirnaty uh, for those 16 and older. So that's the only one of the three major vaccines that's gotten the okay for those 16 years of age. I mean, it's normally it's uh, for adults, just those two, those two shots. Now they're trying to push the, the booster shot on us. And I, I saw uh, over the weekend where uh, Fauci's trying to push the booster shot. And it's not going to happen. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I mean, I caved, I'll admit, I caved on the... Uh, on the two-shot Pfizer because I felt I had to. I had my wife has breathing issues and I'm diabetic, type one and a half diabetic. So I, I did what I thought was right for my family. But if they're going to keep pushing this every six months because these antibodies in these uh, double dose vaccines they don't last more than seven months. And I'll get to that story in a minute. But it's not just for public schools; it's for private schools. How can you justify this mandate for all students at public and private schools? If I were a private school and you don't take any state money, now some of these private schools, I suspect, do take state money, and with that money come the handcuffs. But if you're a private school, you should be able to make your own decisions, free from government coercion, because Democrats love to coerce and compel and mandate and force. This is, what, this is how they operate. That's how they operate in California, in New York, in Maryland, and you name a blue state, that's how they, that's how they do. But forcing children as young as five years of age, kindergarten age, to get vaccinated is ridiculous. They are part of the uh, a vector that is a very little threat to first to pass the virus or to get seriously ill from it. Children are not part of that of that group. I mean, you know, Newsom. What we know about Newsom, he was caught with a large group having dinner some fancy French restaurant. None of them were uh, masked. This was a year ago. Speaking of Newsom, I wish that uh, <clears throat> the talk show host there, Larry Elder, was successful. You know, he and, and I, I mentioned Larry Elder's column in the last show I did. And just to finish up on it, he made a point because it kind of ties in with who, who we have for governor here in New York, this Kathy Hokum. I like to call her Hokum. Hokel. Uh, you know, the media made this big deal that Kathy Hokel was the first female governor in New York State's history. They made a big deal about it. Well, Larry Elder is the first black who ran for governor of California, but they made no mention of it. The New York Times wrote a piece about a Hochul being the first female governor because she had a D in front of her name. But here's Larry Elder, first black runs for governor of California, the great state of California, formerly great state, nothing. And the left got Obama and, as I mentioned, Snoop Dogg out to, uh, to help pull Newsom over the finish line. Let's talk about Obama for a bit. 
This here's a guy back in 04, I think it was 04, at the Democratic National Committee, the big speech he gave that put him on the world stage. He said, this is not, there's not a black America and a white America and a Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. He went from that in 04 to saying that racism is still part of our DNA. Well, which is it? Are we united or are we still a racist country? Now he's saying that racism is part of our DNA. Why, you know, he says what he wants and nobody ever holds him to it. When he was in in the White House for eight years, the same thing. But anyway, Newsom's still governor of California, and Larry Elder resumes his talk show, I think, on the 18th of October, and that, that's a good thing. Now to Kathy Hochul. Uh, I was listening to uh, KC's uh, uh, podcast recently, KC with Set Apart. She does a great job. It was, she was talking about the healthcare industry and how it's being decimated here in New York State. And in not just the healthcare industry, but many industries. The trucking industry is just getting hammered with these COVID mandates. But she mentioned in KC's a latest podcast that uh, she knows 10, 10 doctors were, were fined, nurses and doctors were fired, not fined, but f- fired. I can't read my own writing here, fired, because they would not get vaccinated. They said no to the vaccine. Now, they're healthcare professionals. I think doctors know a little bit more than the average person about, about these vaccines. 94,000 healthcare workers in New York State were fired. Now, I'm sure you've heard that Hochul's going to bring in the National Guard and healthcare workers from other countries and other states to try to uh, fill in the gap. I mean, this is ridiculous. Do you want healthcare workers from Malaysia working on you? I don't. Unbelievable what's happening in this country. Everything is upside down. What's right is wrong. What's, what's wrong is right. Of course, it's not right. But I mean, we know who the author of all this is, the author of all this deception. What is... What used to be patriotic is now somehow subversive. And the people who are the real subversives and the real America, America haters are looked at as patriots. It's, it's nuts. Look, look who our president is, for God's sakes. And you got Hochul setting herself up as some kind of a demigod. You know, God sent us the vaccine, and if you take the vaccine, all the smart people take the vaccine, and all the stupid people have not been vaccinated. What about those doctors that were fired here in New York State. And the nurses, are they stupid? I wouldn't say doctors are stupid. I think they're quite educated. And it's not just happening here in New York, but I mean, look at the, what's the, uh, United Airlines recently fired 593 workers for refusing to get the the Fauci-ouchie. I mean, how long can this go on? America is being destroyed. And that's, I think that's the ultimate, the ultimate aim here by the left anyway. The attorney general in the great state of Missouri is warning that vaccine mandates nationwide could lead to a greater police shortage, even as crime surges. I did a column. You can get catch the column up on the uh, the BMG network, the PAC perspective. Violent crime is already skyrocketing, up 30% in 2020 from where it was in 2019. Highest increase in 50 years. So the uh, AG of Missouri, Eric Schmidt, Chief law enforcement official said he is worried that mandates will only worsen the wave of police officer retirement triggered by the defund the police movement. You got crime up all over the country and just not just the usual places. I mean, obviously, Portland and Seattle and Baltimore and Detroit, Chicago. I mean, police officers, we need more of them, not fewer. 
We need fewer hurdles for law enforcement officials to be uh, clearing, to do their jobs. Not more hurdles. You have police unions in New York, California, Oregon, Florida, Illinois, and more. They've come out strongly opposed to the local mandates for public employees to get a COVID vaccine. In Massachusetts, the union representing state troopers said officers have already resigned over that governor, the uh, governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker's policy. And an internal San Diego Police Officers Association survey showed 45% of that city's police force would prefer to be fired rather than obey a departmental or citywide vaccine mandate. Wake up, these idiot bureaucrats. You have these bureaucrats in Washington telling Navy SEALs they're undeployable because they're unvaccinated. (laughs) Unbelievable. Navy SEALs are taught to be victorious in their missions on behalf of this nation. They, they put their lives on the line for us. And then you have these, you know, these uh, pansies, these pansy uh, bureaucrats in D.C. telling them, no, they, you can't serve. You're not vaccinated, not deployable. You got to take the experimental COVID-19 vaccines. Let's put the, let's put the rifles in the bureaucrats' hands and send those panty wastes out to defend the country. Put them on the front lines. Yeah, you're, you're vaccinated, so you ought to be safe, right? This is unbelievable telling the, uh, the best fighting force in the world has ever known, these uh, Navy SEALs, that they can't serve their country. And speaking of the vaccines, as I mentioned, I've gotten the vaccine, both of them, and the antibodies declined seven months after the second shot. This is according to a U.S. study, and I'll read this verbatim, not to interject my own points of view on this, but antibody levels generated by two shots of the Pfizer, the Pfizer-BioNTech, uh, can undergo up to a tenfold decrease seven months after getting the second shot. The drop in antibody levels will compromise the body's ability to defend itself against COVID-19 if the individual becomes infected. Well, we're told that this is, it's safer if you're vaccinated, you'll have fewer long-term side effects. I'll just weed through this here. Uh, I've got a couple of doctors, one from Stanford University, said that the, uh, the levels, protection levels, dropped by nearly tenfold after seven months. And then they have the breakdown uh, of the Pfizer. And I get a kick out of this. They have the third, this, this is from Pfizer's chief scientific officer. He's trying to sell the, sell the vaccine. The third dose elevates the neutralizing antibodies in our laboratory studies to up to 100 times higher, higher levels after the third dose compared to before. Well, naturally, he's going to say that. He works for Pfizer. Pfizer was found to be 96% effective for the first two months following the second dose, according to a, a study from the company's scientists. Again, Pfizer's scientists. And the vaccine drops in efficacy to 83.7 after four to six months. Anyway, more people get the Pfizer, by the way, in this country. 226 million doses have been administered as of September 30th. 151 million Moderna shots, 15 million from J and J. And I think that's about all we have time for. I'm looking at the clock here. I think that's about it. It was a quick 15 minutes, 16 minutes. I want to thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Uh, I, I think the Yankees, I mentioned this at the close of the last show, I think the Yankees were up two games over the Red Sox. Then it went down to one game. I think they clinched the second playoff berth, but I'm not sure. You know, a good broadcaster knows what he's going to say before he gets on the air, and I usually do that, but I've kind of lost track of the... Uh, of, of the playoffs, of the, the sports in general. I mean, the Packers were on the other night and they beat 
who they beat? They beat San Francisco last week. They beat uh, Pittsburgh, 27-17. I like Green Bay, like Aaron Rodgers, and I love the Yankees. But, you know, since this, this BLM stuff started, Black Lives Matter, I've kind of lost my taste for, for baseball. And I'll tell you, a friend of mine with whom I work at the legislature in Albany, he, avid Red Sox fan. This guy lives, eats, breathes Red Sox. And he said he went to Fenway Park last year, and outside of Fenway, there was a BLM banner hanging from Fenway Park. He said, that's it. I'll never root for the Red Sox again. And he's, he's held to it. And that's what kind of turned me. Because this guy was, a, I mean, a rabid Red Sox fan, as I am a Yankees fan. And he said, that's it. And he, he, told, he stuck by it, to his credit. Anyway, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much for tuning us in. The BMGnetwork.com. That's where you go to find some great programming. You'll hear this show, the Pac-Man Podcast. You'll hear uh, KC and Set Apart. Uh, Adrian Ross has a great show up there she does weekly. Mike and Ken, or the Ken and Mike show, I should say. Uh, the Ken Burns Show and Mike'd Up with Mike Hansen. All those shows and much more and columns as well. The bmgnetwork.com. If you want to contact me directly, it's pacman at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to thebmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.